Welcome. Today we have a very unique guest. We have the president of the National Association of Financial Advisors, one of the oldest and largest professional association for people in the insurance and investment world. It's Julie McNeely. And it's kind of unique because this year they celebrated their 125th anniversary and Julie is their first woman president. Welcome, Julie. Thank you very much, Jim. I'm glad to be here with you. Well, we're going to talk about a subject today that I know as a parent of millennials, I keep shaking my head. The communication gap between the people my age, my parents' age, and the millennials, it's very difficult. They're very efficient on the technology. They're constantly texting each other. I don't think anybody talks to each other anymore. And I know from talking to a lot of my clients that have millennial children, we're all frustrated. (laughs) And I don't know if that's something that's always been between the generations but I know it's something that I definitely have witnessed firsthand. And I heard you speak recently at one of the local NAFA chapters, which happens to be our mutual home state of Wisconsin. And you talked about bridging this gap, especially when it comes to financial services and helping these young people get started on the right foot. So tell us, how does us as advisors work with millennials? How do millennials work with advisors? How do we bridge this communication gap? definitely a different way that they communicate. Millennials, for those of you who don't know, are about 18 to 33 years old right now. I happen to be in the Gen X generation. I talk to millennials all the time, primarily in my role at NAFA, and I will tell you that they communicate in a very different way. They don't like to use the phone. They prefer texting. In most cases, that's their preferred way to communicate. And their second most preferred way to communicate is email. But that is even something that, for millennials, is sort of disappearing. They prefer short sound bites, and so that's why texting has become such an important thing for them. Snapchat, Twitter, different ways that they can communicate in very quick ways. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different way of communicating. So truly as advisors, and even for some of you parents out there that are trying to figure out how to communicate with your millennial children, you do have to try to figure out how to meet them where they're at. And if they prefer to communicate in a text versus in person or over the phone, then let's try to meet them where they're at. I shared an example of my father who was is not a very technological person, and I prefer text in many cases because I'm just a busy person. And so he's figured out that the best way to get a hold of me is to text me and say, I'd like to talk to you today. What time is good? And then we can set a time to actually have a phone conversation, which is a very big stretch for him, but it works much better for me. And it leads him to be a lot less frustrated because now we have a scheduled time to talk. Now, when I put this into the planning process, whether it's getting the right insurance, getting the right investment set up, whatever that might be as an advisor, one thing I find is when I deal with a lot of millennials, their financial literacy rate is almost scary for me because they've been used to a lot of things growing up that I think makes it more challenging for them to be financially sound. So I look at things like they get participation awards, everything's kind of organized for them. And a lot of times with this short soundbite stuff, it's hard to get some meaningful education when it's done by 25 or 50 word text. And I know in the process that we go through with clients when we're asking them, you know, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What's your income? What's your debt? What's your this? And to go through that whole getting to understand where they're at, where they want 
want to be and coming up with how to start a plan for them. You just can't do that texting. So how do you, as a millennial that might be listening, and they're probably not, but as a parent that wants to see their kids get on the right foot, what are the steps that should be taken to break through when it comes to such an important thing like their financial health? have a couple good points there, Jim. I think that we have far less being taught on financial literacy than we have ever had before. And I think we can play a part in that process to change that. A lot of little millennials learn or observe from their parents or from other people how to handle their finances. And a lot of times parents don't share a lot about their finances. So millennials tend to be a little bit in the dark sometimes. So my suggestion, if you're a millennial listening to this, or if you are a parent of a millennial listening to this program, my suggestion is to have them meet with your financial advisor. I want to give you an example. I had a young man who's a son of one of my clients call me up and said, Julie, I got my first real job. Like one, I'm really going to make money and not be a volunteer or make part-time income. And he was so excited and he said, I'm wondering if you would have some time to just sit down with me and talk through my goals. And I was thrilled to have a conversation with him because he got this great job and now he was going to have money that he hadn't ever had before. And he really didn't know where to start. So we sat down, we talked about him taking control of his finances. We talked about setting some goals and building a plan to go after them. We talked about learning from the experience that you have along the way and from those around you. We talked about spending less than you earn. We talked about checking in on your progress. But we ended up setting some really great goals for him. He needed to build an emergency fund. He wanted to start saving for a house. And he also had retirement on the brain. And I was applauding him along the way. And the last piece we really spent some time talking about was his student loan debt. And truthfully, when you graduate from college, most graduates now are graduating with a significant amount of student loan debt. And they're trying to figure out what they should pay off, how quickly they should pay it off. And we had a conversation regarding good debt and bad debt. And so it ended up being this great conversation. And we built a strong foundation for this individual. And I anticipate that he'll be back meeting with me in the next year or two with a check-in. And we're going to be able to continue to plan and go after the goals that he set. That's just incredible, Julie, because if you look at a 30-year career, and I've heard some people bring this up, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. How many paychecks are you going to get in a career? If you look at 30 years, if you're paid monthly, that's 480 checks, right? Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking 10 years down the road, and all of a sudden you're down to 360 checks, and too many people push off getting started, and the starting point is probably the most important thing when it comes to financial security. I look at the things like insurance, disability income insurance. We look at life insurance and some of these things that protect us and protect our families from life tragedies. Well, if we wait till we're 40 or 50 and just kind of roll the dice already, we've got a problem for our family if something does happen. But now if we wait to purchase those things, a lot of times it's just completely unaffordable. Where you do it while you're in your 20-something, it's very inexpensive and you have a decent job, you can really protect yourself and your family. Then you look at investment the compounding impact, the difference that people might have by just waiting 10 years could mean half as much money or a third as much money at retirement because they have those first early years are the ones that are going to compound the most. And I remember Einstein talking about the miracle of compound interest. Well, if people just take the time, there's plenty of tools available online, plug in some numbers and see what the difference is waiting five years, 10 years, 15 years. Because if you're putting away a couple grand a year, if you got a year to go, it's about a couple grand. But if you start a couple grand a year when you're in your 20s and you 
fast forward to your 60s, I know most people would probably be pretty surprised at just how much that can grow. So take advantage of plugging in some numbers and see what happens. And as parents or as grandparents, I've sat down with many young folks. I have the grandparents bring their grandkids in or the parents bring their kids in. And they're just, I mean, to see their eyes open up because they're not getting taught these basic fundamentals in the school, they need to understand that because if they just keep going thinking, well, as long as I got a piece of plastic, everything's magically paid for, someday that catches up. Absolutely. The other thing that you mentioned was getting started early, both on investments and on your insurance, and that is so important. You know, this particular individual that I referred to earlier brought in his employee handbook. He had no idea how to decipher the benefits that he had in this new found job that he had. And so we sat down and we went through them and I explained to him what he had, and we were able to look at where we needed to fill the gaps and take care of that. And I think a lot of people are uncertain about what's being provided by their employer, and if they can have someone to dialogue with about that, that's a really important thing, especially if it's your first job and you're not used to having a benefit package at all. And so I would also say, Jim, I think it's really important for the millennial to find an advisor who really wants to help them learn. A lot of times it's really just an education process. And then I think secondly, even probably more critical, is find an advisor to work with that's going to hold you accountable, who's going to check in with you periodically and ask how that emergency fund is coming, whether or not they've got their 401k set up and if they could share their progress on how they're doing with their 401k savings. Those are all really important pieces to do a check-in on. And then I also think finding an advisor who likes to communicate the way you do. You've got to have someone you feel comfortable with, either just talking face-to-face, but if need be, communicating in text or email as well. So there's so many, I think, positive things out there for a millennial to look to an advisor for. I just hope that more millennials do it because, as you said, the time to start is now. It certainly is to your benefit to really start early. You will be pleasantly surprised down the road if you got a good start on your savings and your goals. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, maybe we can talk about some resources that we can send the millennials to to at least get started and start that educational process and where they might go to help find an advisor. Please stay tuned. Having a conversation with your child is like putting money in the bank. For example, every time you ask your child, So, how was your day? You've just added to your conversation trust account. And when you say to your child, Good job, son. You get double deposits. And the more you ask, the more you put away. And it's good advice to... <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's good advice to have... Stop that. <clears throat> and it's good advice to have little chats with your child as often as you can. Thank you. Because someday, when they're teenagers, it may pay off big dividends. Dad, can I ask you something? Give your family everything. Give them your time. Thanks, Dad. I think you're right. Welcome back as we continue to visit with Julie McNeely, first woman president of the 125-year-old National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, the largest professional organization that consists of insurance and financial advisors in the United States, and really appreciate her service. And today, finding time to even visit with us 
about some of the issues that I know NAFA's worked real hard on to help young advisors in the business, as well as creating tools that might help the millennials better understand the important financial tools that are available to get them started on the right foot. Now, I know there's a nonprofit organization that NAFA has helped fund and started called lifehappens.org, and I know they've got a lot of great tools on there for consumers. It's not just for millennials, but I think it's a great tool for millennials because they've got a lot of videos on there. They've got interactive tools that can really help somebody who might not know anything about different types of insurance and how they work and why they're important as a great resource to get started. What do you think, Julie? I completely agree, Jim. What I think Life Happens does is it really gives you real people. And for a lot of individuals, myself included, I prefer to see real people that I'm interacting with or understanding the process that they went through. And so Life Happens gives you, I think, that opportunity to see it live and in action. So it's a great resource to go and get educated. And like you said, it's pretty interactive. It's got great video clips. And I think some really great tools to help you sort of pick up on what you need to know about your financial health. And then you mentioned, you know, for finding an advisor, if you're a millennial that's texting all the time, you can't just text, who's an advisor out there? Help me. And how do you get the right advisor? I think a great starting point is what you mentioned earlier. Go to your parents, see what their experience has been. That could be a great starting point. And I know a lot of firms like your firm, my firm, it's not as much of the single practitioner. A lot of times people are teaming together. And I see a lot of firms where they might be working with a senior advisor that parents might be working with somebody, but they could connect them with somebody in the firm that's younger, that they could relate with better. But that doesn't mean you can't relate well with one of us old folks either, but it's a great starting point to at least get steered in the right direction. Absolutely. That's how I started, Jim, when I started working with my father and he worked with the grandparents and the parents and I started working with the children and the grandchildren. So it's been a great way for me to connect with people sort of in my age category. And I've continued to build our firm to have younger advisors as well for that very reason. So I think the critical thing is you can connect with an advisor no matter the age of the advisor, but you got to find the right person that you click with. And that's key. I always tell people, don't go it alone. How you're getting this program is being distributed by insurance and investment professionals. You might want to check with them. Again, there are so many tools, and I'm a huge fan of lifehappens.org. I put their public service announcements on here all the time because of those tools that they have. I know a lot of people are really intimidated, especially the millennials, actually getting together face-to-face with somebody. They're very reluctant to do that, but it's not like you have to get together every day, but I will say it is something certain information can be done electronically and getting people up to speed. Lifehappens.org has a great foundation of information available to help you get started. But at the end of the day, you want to have some dialogue with a professional, just like going to the doctor. I mean, if your head hurts and you put out there, my head hurts, what's the problem? What medication should I get? You might get misdiagnosed. But if you have a chance to answer questions, and I find going through that discovery process with clients at any age, having someone who's an experienced professional that can ask all the right questions, there might be things you don't even think about that they might be able to help you uncover to make sure 
that you have a well-thought-out plan that is customized and matches your circumstances, your ability to sleep at night, and help you realize what your goals are in the future. And I know a lot of the millennials, they're not thinking about retirement, but if there's any final words you could say, what words of encouragement would you get somebody who thinks it's too early to start, I'm young, I don't need to worry about that stuff yet? Well, it's never too early to start, Jim. We know that. I've worked with people that have started very late. And I will tell you, they never say, I'm really glad I waited. So I think millennials, there's a couple things they need to be aware of. It's going to take a lot of money to retire as a millennial because you've got a long time yet before you're going to get there. But we also know that things are going to get more expensive. And why not spread it out over all of your working years instead of letting it wait till the very last minute when you're having to plow significant sums away to get to that retirement? I also think that you should look at your grandparents and your parents and definitely see how they're enjoying their retirement. And there's a reason why they're enjoying it. That's because they started to save very early in most cases. So I think that the earlier you start, the better. An advisor is the person that can help you get that process started. And you will not regret it when you get to that retirement age. And you can then do what you've always dreamed of doing in retirement, whether that's travel, open up another side business, volunteer your time, whatever it is you've decided that your retirement's going to look like. So the sooner you just start, the better. I appreciate you taking time, Julie. I know you've got an extremely busy schedule, but this is impactful for those of you listening. Hopefully we had some millennials listen the whole way through. But for those of you that are parents and grandparents, sit your millennials down, have them listen to this, get them started. We got to help these kids out. And the things that are being taught in the schools today fall way short when it comes to financial security and well-being. So thanks again, Julie. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button.